With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Find 25% off the Moosehead range of hair styling products, but only at Chemist Warehouse. This is In The Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. When we went to Hamilton, I said, just pretend it's a holiday. And you said, you, I'll just pretend it's Fiji, baby. This is In The Red on SENZ. Ricardo Paul and Justin Marshall with you. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Couldn't help ourselves, Marsh. You had to get a bit of Fiji baby in there for you. Of course you did. Absolutely. And uh, rightly so. I guess uh, when you think about the Crusaders, and, and good evening to everybody as well joining us for In The Red, uh, you, you're quite often gloating, aren't you? It's not often uh, that you're getting uh, chipped and um, having to suffer up with intolerable songs like that <laughs> <laughs> well you will be yeah, pleased to know that make hay while the sun shines Ricardo and you Ben producer Ben for God's sake <laughs> you will be pleased to know that Joey Wheeler second week in now on the Highlanders show Super South we played the Undertaker theme <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah, but the difference is he knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah well, that is true. That is true, mate. Uh, you you would have had a chance to catch up with a few of the boys in camp. What's the feeling coming out of the uh, out of the Crusaders? Oh yeah, look, there's no doubt that I feel um, certainly like they did as well, and and what they've been uh, talking about uh, since that result is that they knew it was always going to be a difficult ask, um, but 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 not one that they couldn't um, overcome and. You know, that's what, what sport does, any sport does to you at times. It, you know, it bites you in the arse. And, and there's no doubt about the fact that I think the Crusaders are slightly guilty of probably uh, thinking that that game was a game that was going to be tough, but one that they will, would win. Uh, they, they probably expected it to be hot and furious and the, the endure to play the way that they did but I still think that deep down they knew that they could get the job done. And pretty much, even though they were behind the eight ball for periods of that game um, after halftime, where I felt that they, even though they they, they held the lead there for quite a proportion of the game, it felt like they they weren't the team dictating. I think it was more that the Andrua at times let them off the hook through their own mistakes or spilling the ball or not being quite accurate. Uh, whereas the Crusaders' mythology was just get down there, get in the right zone, grab our points, and keep knocking them back. But uh, unfortunately for the Crusaders, knocking them back didn't send them away, and they they kept knocking on the door, and they were still knocking on it on the 80th minute. Yeah, they kept on coming, man. And I think, you know, probably yeah. from um, Scott Robertson's point of view, he looked at the type five he named and went, well, if this type five do the job I think they can do, we should have enough go forward that even though our back line's a little bit underdone in terms of experience, they should be okay. 
Um, but maybe you know they, they they got matched up front. He maybe didn't expect that. I mean, I I wouldn't have thought for a moment they were complacent going into the game. No, and you're right. I, 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 there's no way they would have been complacent. I don't think any New Zealand rugby player, including myself, who's been uh, to the islands and played either in Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, wherever it might be, goes over there thinking it's going to be a lay down Mazera and you you'll walk away with the result without putting the hard work in. Um, they're just too passionate about their rugby. And they're too passionate about New Zealand rugby and, and seeing New Zealand rugby players come into town. You know, you're inundated with photos and autographs and the love that they show New Zealand rugby players is just special. And, and it's such a great place to go anytime during your career, either playing or finishing or whatever it might be. Uh, they 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 have this great uh, respect and love for for New Zealand rugby and rugby players. So because of that, you very much know that you're you're under the spotlight. And you're in the right environment. Um, I, I certainly feel that there, there was no there was no complacency. There couldn't have been. Uh, but I guess you've also got to to realise that they've they've grown. You know, and and when when I was playing, we we knew that if we got on top in certain areas when we played Fiji internationally and that's, you know, that was my closest affiliation really. I did actually play against, oh, what was it called? Um, I've actually got this jersey on my wall. It's not in this room. Uh, when, when they combined the Pacific teams. Oh, that's at, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go down and have a look at the jerseys during an ad break. Um, and, you know, it was a hell of a battle. It was always hard. So, I think there's there's never a lack of knowing that they're going to want to try and even though they respect you, knock you over. No, no doubt about <laughs> it. Um, you know, going back to your, you know, what you asked me the question about Ricardo. The key thing was we were very lucky to get on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run yesterday. Uh, Glenn Jackson have a chat to us and drew a coach, and what he said actually struck a chord with me, which was which was really pertinent, which was. He said, I, do, I wasn't worried about that final penalty kick because I was standing with two of the, two, two, you know, I was around the area of two of the props. And I said to them, doesn't matter whether this kick goes over or not, you've done your job. And that goes all the back, all the way back to where I started this conversation is they've improved. Hmm. There was a time when that scrum went down where the Crusaders, would, and I was part of this with the All Blacks, we'd just get together and go, boys, we know that we've got a stronger scrum, just push them off their ball. Just you know, you know, then game over, and yet they laid the foundation for that ensuing penalty because their scrum was that good. So there's there's two sides to the coin there. There's the the, the improvement of the Fijian and Drua in an area where you could usually dictate and dominate them, and that's across the board, I think. Do you think it? Uh, I mean, you know, Mick Burns and and, and those guys have done plenty of work around the place. I, I believe that they uh, they'll know the crons reasonably well. There's probably probably a little a little bit of input there as well, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think they probably they probably would have liked to have tapped into Jace Ryan's knowledge of of malls a little bit more mm. before he jumped ship to the All Blacks because obviously he was coaching Fiji um, when when he got poached uh, because. Although their scrum was very good, I thought, and their lineout was good, uh, and in general their kick, kickoff receipts, uh, and, um, and their general play, in most set piece aspects, was very good. Their lineout more defence was not, 
and and you know both all three all three of the tries that they conceded were, were quite simplistic. They really were. And any time you felt that the Crusaders got inside the 22 and, and in a position to drive, the inevitable was going to happen. And that happened to Moana Pacifica last year as well. You know, um, so that that's one area that is still of massive concern for McBurn, I would imagine, coming out of that game that, you know, they, they every time that they conceded um, opportunities there, the Crusaders didn't find it too difficult to, to get their rolling more going and, and uh, score points from it. So that would be the one area of concern for them. Um, it did concern me, and I said it to you yesterday, Ricardo, that that seemed to be the only way the Crusaders, apart from that try that Sevier Reese scored, um, to be able to attack the game. And I'm just like, man, you've got more firepower than that. What, why were you so... So insular, were you afraid that you were going to want, run out of fuel and you didn't want to enter into a game of sevens and you didn't want to probably open the game up? But that's when you're at your best, mm. Crusaders. I'll tell you the other thing, too, that probably didn't get talked about enough because, you know, everybody wants to give the, uh, the Fijian and Drua uh, credit, you know, not not just talk about the Crusaders. But one thing that I don't think has been highlighted enough is the loss of David Harvelli on the in the eighth minute, right? Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of talk about, well, you know, this is what the Crusaders are in for next year when Richie Mwang goes. Is Fergus Burke up to it? Now, I don't, I don't think you can judge a player on one game, but certainly in those conditions and under that pressure, and you've got an experienced guy outside you after eight minutes disappears, um, and then that backline looks completely different. Well, it looks young, mm. is what it looks. Um, I, 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 although Braden Enor is an All Black. Um, I don't see him as being a guy that uh, is outspoken on the field. Um, you know, he doesn't sort of. You don't see him often gesturing to bring players around him. Uh, it's probably just not his persona. So you take Richie Moonga out of the mix. You take Mitchell Drummond out of the mix, um, particularly in the latter part of the game. You know, Willie Hines has got enough experience. He's played for England internationally, so. You, you know, he's at least got some leadership there. Um, but you take a couple of those guys out of the mix and then Haveli goes missing. Um, and even to a degree, no fighting in Nuku. And you've got Shea Fihaki on the wing, Maka Springer. Um, you know, Severu Reese doesn't come across mm-hmm. to me as a guy that gets everybody together and goes, hey, boys, this is what I see and this is what's going wrong. So, yeah, it, it's a valid point. When you use, lose Haveli early in that match, you lose a massive amount of composure of, hey, look, they'll, they'll keep playing like this and they'll keep coming, but we've got this. Let's just stick to task. Our moments will come, and when they come, we put them away and keep pushing them back. So, yeah, the, the, the loss of uh, Haveli was quite catastrophic in, in the terms of the way that the game played out because they couldn't replace his experience from the bench that they had with any more experience. You know, they brought on Dallas McLeod um, for him, but he's not played anywhere near the rugby that Harvey has. No, 100%, you know, and and it meant a reshuffle as well. So I think, uh, yeah, that that certainly had a big impact on the Crusaders in this match, mate. Well, we should have a look then. Uh, our DHL Super Rugby Pacific Round Crusader of the Round. Who, who have you got from the Crusaders that you thought stood up? Well, look, I, I certainly feel that given, and, and, I, and this guts me as well to, to mention this in the same breath, um, and, and look, you know, McAllister the double try score. It's easy to sort of go towards that and say, but but my mindset is the backline struggled a bit. 
Um, and when I say this guts me, people are going, well, where, where are you going with this? Well, where I'm going is Scott Barrett in his hundredth, I thought did absolutely everything he could on the, on, on the evening. And I'm, I'm gutted because I know as a former crusader, when somebody's achieving a milestone like that, we like to put him um, first and make sure that the team reinforces that they care by producing a win on, on, on a really significant milestone like that. I thought that his individual performance typified the type of guy he is, the, the performance of a 100th hundred, hundred, uh, capped crusader, uh, epitomised the way he played, but but to a degree the rest of the team let him down because they didn't get the job done. Um, and, and that sucks, and, and that's not the way it should be. Not, not for a guy that's done so much in the game and gives so much each and every week, and he's your captain as well. So I felt for him, but equally, I still have to give him my, my crusader of the round because I thought that he, 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 like every week, he just gave everything that he's got. He did indeed. There you go. So the uh, DHL Super Rugby Pacific round uh, crusader of the round, uh, Scott Barrett, according to Justin Marshall. What about across the round? Uh, maybe somebody who wasn't a crusader that stood out for you. Yeah, look, I think uh, I, I spoke about it yesterday. Like in terms of New Zealand franchises, some some guys playing some some really good rugby um, and, and stepping up. You know, I, I thought uh, in, in the Blues game um, against the Hurricanes in particular, I thought Duplessis Karifi had an outstanding game. You know, he's been probably in no man's land there mm -hmm. for a while um, and not being selected. And man, he, he had he had a belter of a game. And then equally on the opposition's uh, Hoskins Fatutu. I thought had had an excellent game as well as Finley Christie, um, and and then you you know you look at other performances across the board, and it's easy to sort of gravitate towards those New Zealand teams. But you know it's quite appropriate. I think we're we're, we're looking at uh, in the red, and we're looking at the Crusaders. That my kind of player of the the round was Frank Lomani, um, the, the the nine for uh, the Indrua. Um, he had an excellent game the week before, but I thought on the evening he, he was the guy that kept them composed and kept them in the game and kept them in the fight. Made a really awesome break that should have led to a try or a try. didn't, unfortunately, through some good defence by Willie Hines. But but equally, he was the guy that threw the big long pass um, out wide for the and drew it. He skipped out about three people and, and did get his try assist later in the game. Uh, and he's, he's, he's the mature type of player that that side needs, international. And, um, yeah, so he's the guy that I'm going outside of the New Zealand franchises, out of the middle of nowhere. I've plucked him out of the sky, Ricardo. Um, as, as my other, well, outside of um, the Crusaders, he's my player of the round. Yeah, good stuff, Marshy. All right, this is In the Red here on SENZ, talking Crusaders with Justin Marshall uh, right through till 7.30, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. The real house of fragrances. You, you mentioned backing a winner, mate. Tell you, if you want to back a winner, Steve Devine, just quietly, has got a horse running in the Canberra Guineas in about two minutes' time. That's won its last two starts. It's paying. It was paying 11s. It's into 10s. It wasn't in 9s. It's back out to 10s. It's called Ningaloo Star, mate. So if you want a roughie, um, I'm in on it. Uh, I just thought we should we should mention that if you want to be in on a winner. Well, I've just had a little windfall from uh, Scotty Scheffler actually winning, winning the um, the PGA Championship at TPC. So I might just slip quiet. I don't trust Stevie Devine that much. So <laughs> <tenor on>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is in the red. We'll be back with more after this. Yeah, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Uh, not the real house of tipping, though, in the red, apparently. Um, uh, Ningaloo Star was second 
into the home straight, Marshy, and got spat right out the back. I don't know where it finished, but they might still be running. Well, I have seen Steve Devine get spat out of a few rucks in my time. Um, all of them deserved as well, so his horse has probably got the same treatment. But, um, I tell you what, mate, never trust a halfback who seems to think that he knows anything about horse racing. <laughs> You've learnt your lesson. I have, well and truly. Well and truly learnt my lesson now, mate. Hey, uh, we, we should look ahead. We, we can put, yeah. we could park last weekend. Let's look ahead to this weekend. Eden Park, Crusaders Blues. Massive, massive game. What do you think the uh, message will be at training this week? Well, look, I think if I know the Crusaders, they know what's coming to them from the Blues because they've spoken nothing about it since that final last year, which was... They're after revenge. You know, they felt that they were, to a degree, ambushed. Um, they they went into that game and they got tactically smacked. Um, and that'll hurt Leon uh, because him and Razor are good mates and they've coached together. But they just got it wrong everywhere. Not only the players with their execution, but off the field tactically, they just didn't have um, anywhere near the preparation. Well, they prepared well, but they didn't expect what the Crusaders would bring and the and the method that they would bring and the accuracy on the night and the ferocity with the way they started the game. So in all departments, the Blues were outplayed. And, and I'm not um, saying that to have a dig in the ribs. I think everybody saw that, mm. you know. So they're still smarting from that. So the Crusaders will be sitting in Christchurch now, hurt from that loss um, against Indrua, but equally knowing that they've got an opposition that are, are out to get them back. Um, that's a good thing if you ask me, because I feel that that shifts the focus. Like, the Crusaders, again, can slip in under the radar and go, well, okay, we know that we came up here last year and, you know, um, did a number on you on your home patch. Uh, We're probably going to try to want to do that again, but the pressure's not on us. The pressure's on you, because you've been the one who's been talking about the fact that it still hurts, Um, we want to right the wrongs, all those sorts of words coming out of that camp um i think allows the crusaders just to sort of slip into town and go about their business like they did for the final because all the pressure and the hype was in the blues camp yeah yeah it was and yeah i think uh, it's a really good point you make the, the, the eye might not be on the ball as it were in terms of the focus not might not be quite right this weekend with the crusaders coming into town i tell you the other big difference from this year from last year is that there's no Luke Romano in the Blues pack. Um, not only did he know how the Crusaders operate, um, you know, because the, remember the Blues got the win down there last year, uh, but he also mm. brought that mongrel and that extra size and, and things into the tight that they probably don't have this year. No, they don't. And and it didn't look uh, great for Patrick uh, Tuipilotu either, uh, who had to leave the field. I'd be very, very surprised if he's fit um, the way that he limped off. Uh, so... That takes another big engine out of that tight five. And and then, you like you say, you have Romano with all his experience, but also just his competitiveness. <laughs> you know, like the, the guy just wants to get stuck into any opposition, particularly his old team, you know. Um, so, yeah, they are missing a bit of firepower in that department. And, and, and then up against what you would imagine would be both all black locks again um, and Barrett and, and white lock. Ethan Blackadder will come back. Uh, and, and it's just about how uh, Scott Robertson balanced out the rest of that back row. Um, you know, the, the, the loss uh, of Cullen Grace is massive. Mm. Um, so, you know, you've got to factor that in. Uh, the, the other side of it, Ricardo, that's kind of 
just what concerning me a little bit, and don't don't get me wrong, I'm not massively worried about it. But I alluded to it before was the way that the Crusaders just lacked a little bit of punch um, to be able to open the endurer up. I felt the same way in the Chiefs game. Um, the Highlanders, everybody can say, yeah, yeah, the Highlanders, you know, we, we smacked 50 points on them, but the Highlanders are a, uh, they are a bit of a funny old outfit to try and gauge yourself against at the moment and, and probably gives you a little bit of a false sense of where you're at. So uh, my fascination in this is how do the Crusaders play this game? You know, where, where do they get their penetration from? Where, where does the threat outside of that pretty good engine and that tight five, where, where does that other variation of attack come from? Um, I just wonder whether or not, mate, they they, they go for Leicester firing a nuku at centre. Mm. It was so successful for them last year. And I just I just think about where they need to engage the Blues and, 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 and make them work hard. In this, and that's making two of us, a Sheik and Rico Iwani, make tackles on a big man. Um, if I was putting my coaching cap on and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a coach and, 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 and I'm pretty happy about that because it is, <laughs> A, left me with my hair, which Razor has none of. Um, <laughs> well, he's hanging on, he's hanging on somehow. Um, and B, it's, uh, it keeps my stress levels reasonably low is that's where I would go. I, I would, I would put Leicester at, at centre, particularly if Harvey's missing as well. Well, that's the thing I was going to ask you, who plays inside him then? Because um, you'll have Richard Wagner back at 10. I mean, does Burke play 12? I would play in or there. Yeah. And and they did they did a little bit of that um, last year. And people go, oh, you know, yeah, you're playing two cents. The way that the Crusaders worked it last year, they actually switched them around a little bit. Um, and and I thought that worked quite well. Uh, so the, the disadvantage is they, they kind of had Harvelli at the back as well, or Will Jordan. Um, so, well, we'll actually, sorry, I, I, I take that back. And um, Harvelli was actually out. Um, when they were doing that, but they did have Will Jordan at the back. So if they play Leicester there, they're going to have to, and they play Braden anywhere at 12, they've got, they've got to try and find the solution at fullback. And I know what your next question is going to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> Go on then, save me the trouble. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, I'm, not a, I'm, a man, I'm a man in motion here, working my way through this conundrum uh, of, of how they how they fill that spot because um, Shafi Haki only got his first game at the weekend and he just looked a little bit underdone. Now, you can't have an underdone player going into a game, massive game like this at Eden Park. Um, and, and I don't think you can throw a youngster like Macca Springer in there. So all of a sudden in an area where they had massive depth in the outside backs, the Crusaders are looking a little short. Mm. Uh, and... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is, apart from um, possibly playing Fergus Burke there. Yeah, which they've done before. Right? They did that against the Highlanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got that dual, that dual playmaker role. Um, he's a good defender, as is, as is Richie Moanga. So if they want to swap them around, they can and put Moanga at fifteen on defence. That's where I would go. So that's a weird backline. So we're looking at. I would go for Drummond. I would go for Moanga. I'd go for Enor. Firing a Nuku. Wingers, Sebu Reese, fullback is um, whoever, uh, Fergus Burke. And then the other wing has kind of got me a little bit perplexed. Yeah, well, that could be a Macca Springer, or I mean, you could, I suppose, play Chief Fihaki there if you needed to. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um, Do you know where Harvey's at, and do you know what the hooking situation is? 
No, I don't. I don't know either. Um, but I do know that um, David Harvey was not in a good place. Um, you know, he may he may come right, but uh, it didn't look great. And from what I have heard, it wasn't great. But they are always very secretive around these things mm. because they don't want to give the opposition any any rope to say, well, you know. So they want to keep them guessing. Oh, Harvey pay or will he won't will he will he won't he type things. So. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, where they where they now sit uh, in terms of their injuries and and who they throw out there in that backline, which I felt just didn't lack enough punch. Uh, it lacked punch against the Indra. It did, and uh, we we mentioned it yesterday. But uh, this game of the, Crus- the Crusaders lose this, they're one and one and three. Oh, mate! You know, it's not good. Yeah, it's not and, good. and that's that's not how you want to start your last season if you raise her either. No, you don't. Uh, and look, they're, they're capable still of making the finals from anywhere because this yeah. side is well drilled, well coached, and has the depth. But it just brings pressure that you don't need early in the season, and that's not nice. No, no, not great at all. All right, Marshy, good stuff, mate. Um, thanks very much. We'll let you get uh, through the rest of that Pinot and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Oh, and worst thing is, Ricardo. I'm going to have to admit now, out there to the listeners and everybody, I stuck a lazy 10 each way on that goddamn horse. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Hey, you it... owe me 20 bucks. Steve, Steve, I'll, pa- I'll pass that on. He owes me money as well. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Good stuff. See you later, Marshy. Go well. Cheers, mate. Cheers. This has been In the Red, Talking Crusaders with Justin Marshall. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Up next, Peter Alatini is in the house, and it is time for Pacific Flair.